but you just have to go after what that market is calling for and you have to adapt for that market. So right now we're going into a buyer's market. Right. It's gonna happen. Nice. So if you if you, you spilled you were, your tea, <laughs> that's probably you know the economy. It's the economy. <laughs> that's what I was trying to show you guys. This is what's happening right now. Right. Welcome to The Remix, the video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Freisen. And I'm Eric Anderson. And today we're going to talk about how to survive the recession with multiple income streams. It is coming. It is coming. The recession is going to be here. And don't be afraid. But first, and this is important because each person on our power panel is going to give you a way to weather the storm. Let me introduce our power panel. First, we have Nima Mary. He's our legal eagle. He is the managing partner at a Mary law firm. Next, we have our, infli our flipper investor, I was gonna say our flister, but our flipper <laughs> investor, <laughs> Omar Sharif. He is the VP of Alexander Anderson Capital Group. Next, we have Adam Sperber. He is our residential expert. He's the VP of Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group Residential. And we have a very special, special guest. We have Omar Warve. Did I say that correctly? Yes, Warve. Yeah. <laughs> do we have two Omars? We, we have two Omars. Are I you guys going to fight? Because like, only <laughs> That's why we put them really far apart from each other. So Omar is with State Farm Insurance. And he is going to give you some really interesting ways of one, making and creating wealth during a recession through insurance, but also he. He does both. He double dips. So, you know, we're going to find out how to dip twice. Investor and insurance agent. Yeah. So yeah. welcome to our show today. Welcome. Thank you. Why Thank don't you, you tell us right now about what kind of investment you are buying? So um, currently right now I'm, I'm purchasing a, a commercial space uh, for, you know, uh, to to really diversify uh, my, my current uh, book, uh, so to speak. Um, so, you know, I've been an insurance agent now since uh, 2013 in Connecticut, opened up my second office here in, uh, in Hackensack, New Jersey. Very excited to be part of this Hackensack family. I mean, I feel like well, I we're happy to have you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'll Hackensack is amazing. Hackensack we'll see how this, this contract negotiations with <laughs> this commercial property go. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm involved in any shape, form, legally, but yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, but I'm I'm really excited about this this uh, this this commercial space I'm buying. It's going to be um, you know I have a commercial property in Connecticut, but I use it for my my current office location. But this one is going to be uh, for investment purposes. Hmm. So it's uh, very excited to see. So why why are you doing it? So do you not make enough money as a State Farm agent? Why? I, well, did you just ask him if he's poor? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like well you know the thing is that I like. With State Farm, State Farm's been great. You know, we just celebrated our hundred year anniversary. Uh, was I was in Vegas last week? I think I funded uh, it based off of my premium increase. Yeah, so. yeah. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Long. Appreciate. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's you know, State Farm's been great. But you know, you just never know when things can you know, as a small business owner, Go things down. can things can yep. you know take a sharp turn. You know, um, and the insurance industry. I mean, I, I find it to be kind of. Uh, 
uh, recession proof because regardless of what's going on in the economy, you have to have insurance on your on your vehicles. You have to have insurance on your home. So it's I don't it's it's not 100 percent recession proof. But, you know, in 2009, we didn't do so bad. Well, first, I want to say everyone stop panicking. Okay, recessions come. I've been watching a bunch of podcasts and reading articles. Recessions come. Excuse every me. I read our podcast. <laughs> I hope is the only podcast you watch on, on Listen, repeat. Wait, let me let me. It's let going me to go. the, like family therapy and being like, so I'm sleeping with a bunch of other men no, no, too. No, no, but no. recessions come every five to seven years. Okay, they've been doing that for the last 150 to 175 years. Every five to seven years, recess, recessions come, things clear up, and things get better. Then people are excited. Then they come again. Between 2008 and now, it's really the longest time in our recorded history that there hasn't been a recession. So it's about time, guys. Time. So let's weather it. Let's, let's figure weather. out. And now with the big interest rate hike that just happened. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, was that the largest in how long? In, uh, 28 years. 28 years, yep. 28, 28 years. years. So everybody is feeling that. And if you haven't felt Pop it Pop quiz, what going, was the last year? 28 years 94. ago. 1994. 1994, yeah. 1994 was the last uh, big, big interest rate hike. Uh, so how old was I? Oh my God. Now that you know that. So oh, I, just, I think most of you are screwed, by the way. No. So I don't think you're screwed. But Me anyway, so, so what, what about that investment property? What is it going to do for you? Well, um, it's going to bring a, another source of income for me, right? Okay. So it kind of insulates me for if something starts going decreasing here, I, I'll have another source of income with my commercial property. Okay, so one great idea, invest in other properties. Everybody out there likes to invest, even if it's your, your main job is not investing in real estate or um, not being a real estate agent. You know, having a multiple income stream scenario like Omar has is an amazing opportunity. So that's great that you're starting that. So now tell us a little bit about um, what it is to be a, an agent um, as far as an insurance agent. And can that also be another source of income? And I know that um, our school right now is yep. coming up with a program to license insurance agents you as well. You will be able to go to recareercenter.com and you'll be able to get your insurance license in addition <clears throat> to your real estate license. So, so how, how hard is it to be a, an insurance become agent? recession proof. Is that a good income stream for someone who maybe is a real estate agent or is an investor and is looking for another source of income. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's, you know, with insurance, there's as long as, you know, you you have your customers that are renewing their policies, you get uh, residual income. So what happens is every single time someone renews their policies, you get paid again, right? <coughs> uh, so we're very incentivized to provide really good customer service, really help our, our customers, because as long as you stay my customer, I get paid every six months. So it's a great oh. source. Of, uh, of of income you build you know it's a you continue to build that clientele and you'll always have that residual income coming in for you maybe i should get my insurance license every six months <laughs> this would be great if it happened in real estate that way every six right, months every you live six in the house months. i get a check <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it happen does in that happen every month? 12. It, it can happen so in commercial when you lease a property in a corporate setting um depending on how many years someone stays there the landlord may either pay you up front or he may pay you over that time period, which becomes like an annuity. And then depending on, on whether or not you have a fee for a renewal, when that tenant <coughs> renews, you'll get another check. So super, super exciting. So and, and also insurance is a great tie in because you also get to meet people that own properties. Yeah. Right. All so the time. you can find out. I mean, you must run across people that are looking to sell all the time or looking to buy or having a distressed issue. Yeah. I mean, it's we've we've seen it all. I mean, we've seen 
we're usually there when people are having catastrophes, mm. right? Either they're having a financial catastrophe, they're having, you know, or maybe they just had a fire and they lost everything, you know? So we're kind of showing up in those moments, you know? Um, but, you know, and we're always trying to discover what's what's going on in this in the person's household great piece of land you want to sell <laughs> <laughs> how, how often so you brought up catastrophes like is that a good opportunity and and i know as an as an agent you may not be able to like go after something like that but do a lot of people once they have some kind of massive claim do a lot of people just bail and sell and get out no no actually they m most people because it's actually you know once the catastrophe happens you know they're going to rebuild your house back to the way it was but usually you're, they can't do that, right? They're going to use brand brand new materials, so you're right. getting a brand new house. Most people actually don't sell after um, a catastrophe like that because they're kind of brought back to their original state. But it's you know you now you have a new brand new house, so most people don't sell. But you know we've we've seen um, back in 2009, I was actually a team member for an agent, um, and we saw what the recession. You know, I mean, basically, a ton of people start shopping around for insurance. They start. Uh -huh looking for ways to reduce their policies. Um, but also, you know, there, we did see a lot of people losing their houses and like, you know, calling us, Hey, we're, we're no longer, we're going to be short selling our house. We're mm -hmm. going to be, you know, you know, we, as, as insurance agents, you know, with, we don't get involved with the process and, and right. things like that. Um, cause it would be create a conflict of interest for me to try to, um, you know, take advantage of a situation like that. But, you know, I, Call me, but, yeah. they <laughs> us, but they use us. But they use us for, for right. as a resource, you know. Okay. And we give them, and we try to like point them in the right direction, um, you know. And Down the street, fifty-eight main, third floor. <laughs> exactly. Well, you guys, you guys, and I, I want to make sure Scrooge twice as we go on. We tell our viewers what they need to be doing now. So what are you guys doing to prepare yourself now? And then later I want to hear what you did back in 2008 because that obviously worked. You should be fire selling your properties. And What's fire selling your properties? Just unload them for as cheap as possible. The end of the world is coming. Um, my email address is <laughs> and Mary. <laughs> no, really. I can save you from this so catastrophe. Actually, so actually, he's serious because he is offloading some properties right now. But um, do you what What do you think is is the right move with with your real estate investments right now? If you are an investor, come work for Omar. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so look, guys, it depends on your business model, and it depends on um, you know what you think you want to do. So I am unloading because I see almost you have to draw it right. So our I would submit, actually, it's not five to seven years. I think it's every 10 years okay. is the cycle, right? Not the article I read last night, but... Yeah, so we're going to not ahead. go to not Yahoo News anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... Uh, and we're, you know, we're past that 10-year run. We're actually mm -hmm. on year 12 right now, or 13. Um, so that's a significant 30% difference. So yeah. typically what happens is you see a climb, right? And we, sometime around 2020, should have begun to see a falter off or a slowdown. But because of COVID and the surge of money that the Fed printed, you saw this just, just once in a lifetime, guys, this will never happen again in our lifetimes, run. I mean, this that's exactly what this is. Things that are not justified by metrics of valuation. So you have this run and, and where we're at today, so we kind of climbed, climbed, climbed. Now everyone realizes, well, the Fed realizes that they had to raise inflation. So the price of things Raising interest rates basically takes makes a five hundred thousand dollar house a six hundred thousand dollar house, sure. right? Because that 
two, three points in interest total. Makes a big difference. It's almost double your mortgage payment, right? So and the other way around, a six hundred thousand dollars house becomes a five hundred thousand. Well, no, no, it costs you more to buy it. It costs you no. more to buy but it. But the value goes down. Mm-hmm. The value no. goes down. So if no. your house is listed for five hundred, your monthly payment on that five hundred dollar, five hundred thousand dollar house last year to this year is almost half. Yeah. Right. So that five hundred thousand dollar house is the equivalent of buying almost a million dollar house last year. Right. Right. Your buying power is really cut in half. Which so lowers you, the value. You see, mm. to a certain extent, but with inflation, and this is. Probably we should have an economist on one of them. It doesn't. It doesn't trade the same because with inflation, you also see that price homes will rise because of the loss of the value of the dollar. So it's a, we're in a weird. We're in a weird tundra. So you're going so to you're buy. actually taking away an income stream by selling those houses. No. So what I'm saying is, so you're you're running up, right? So we hit the peak. Now everyone's kind of realizing, oh shit, and you're going to have a drop off, right? This is my opinion. So that drop off is people start slowing down, the market slows, people get scared, they drop 10, 15%. So you're gonna see a small drop off and you're gonna see a lot of institutional people and other people think, okay, well this is the dip, let me buy it. Kind of like any stock and you'll see a little bit of a jump again, surge, and then in my opinion, you're gonna see a woo, but before so that- So you're waiting for the woo, so then you can no, he's go no, buy. No, he's getting out now. I'm catching, I'm not at the top. I missed the top by two to three months, right? Okay. I'm at the beginning of the drop. Right, so you're, mm. we have two schools of people. Those who are like, no, it's fine, hold, it'll go back up, rates are steadying, or properties will stay. Like you just read all these stupid articles where someone's like, well, no matter what, there's still, no offense, there's still a shortage <laughs> of inventory, so prices will hold, right? You don't know, we don't know what's gonna happen because it's, it's, it's driven by human response. And once a certain percentage of people start acting in a certain way, whether rational or not, the rest of everything, it, it follows because there's a panic. So you're selling <clears throat> off to liquidate. I'm selling on this dip and I'm not selling multifamily, commercial, things like that. Okay. Like I'm family. selling single family residential. That's important to, to hear. But how is that affecting your, your multiple <clears throat> income stream today? Because so, you're giving up income on those properties. No, because I'm getting, so if you, say, if you buy a property, assume it's a 10 cap, right? I'm basically putting myself 10 years forward because if I waited 10 years, I would be at where I am by unloading it today because I that income stream, instead of waiting for it to come in slowly, I'm surging myself with it, it in an instant shot. So you're changing your strategy and that's your income stream because you're taking that income today I'm by selling that it, property. I'm moving it by virtue of a 1031 exchange. Mm. So I'm not cashing out and taking capital gains on it. And I'm looking for alternate opportunities in a different sector, which is more inflation proof. Like, and what sectors are they? Like commercial property, mm-hmm. multifamily, right? Multifamily. Three units and up. Because those, no matter what happens with inflation, if your buy-in is at the right price, you are getting income, like you said, a stream of income from it. So the value of your property fluctuation doesn't matter. It goes down 20%, it goes down 30%. None of that matters as long as your income stream covers your debt and gives you a certain percentage of return. Because someone always your, needs to rent. On your original investment, right? right? Um, and the housing demand will always be the housing demand, right? So that won't change with or without inflation. So I'm moving from what was a strategy of single family pumps to long-term holdings, which will have a residual income. But the strategy also comes with more risk because with those larger properties, you're talking about larger purchase prices, you're talking about higher debt ratios, you're talking about being able to maintain those properties through the inflation. So you need to have appropriate cash reserves, which is also a part of my strategy, is shoring up my cash reserves 
to be able to withstand this inflation in the event that those commercial or those residual income sources are affected, you need to be able to have, like a squirrel in the winter collects their nuts. You need to collect your nuts. Good. So now, Omar, mm -hmm. how does this change? How does this change your strategy? And how does uh, this recession affect where you see flipping going? And do you see this as an opportunity to do more flips? In, sure. uh, are people going to be, as, as Omar over here said, people are going to be having issues and starting to sell? Um, where yeah. do you see that coming um, out? So I think, similar to what Nima said, it's a time to unload your flips, for sure. Uh, because during a recession, you want your, your cash reserves to be much higher than they were, so you can start purchasing properties at discounts and take advantage of what the recession brings. Um, but in terms of flips, I think if people continue to do flips, you just have to buy them at deep discounts. I've seen that in the last recession, people still did flips, but they were at extreme discounts. But the market's definitely changing. So I wouldn't get into flips thinking I could get top dollar like people are doing for the past year, two years. So if I can add to that too, so one of the things that I'm doing, and this is really an important point is, three months ago, and Adam, you could probably comment on this too, you used to list low to cause bidding wars to get people to go over. Like my current agent believes that, you know, you need to do that. And my opinion is, no, that market's over uh -huh. because the psychological infallibility of real estate is now cracked because of the Fed's raising yes. rates. Yep. So people are now people are now emboldened that it's a buyer's market. It hasn't yet become a buyer's market because it hasn't been long enough for the sellers to be in dire need of a quick sale. The only difference I think you'll see temporarily is where things were on the market sub 30 days, you'll go back to having roughly it on the market for 60 to 90. Mm -hmm. Well, one reason why um, the sellers aren't thinking it's a buyer's market or people aren't thinking it's a buyer's market is because of inventory, right? There's still not because a there's still of inventory. inventory. No, that, right. even if there's no inventory, guys, that's, that to me is a non-factor. Why? That, if there's nothing to buy, then there's nothing to buy. Trust the, me, I've been trying to buy, sure. right? There's nothing to buy, but that's not, the factor rate is still people being able to afford, mm -hmm. right? So even if there's no inventory, before money was free, if you ran up forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, your net monthly difference was it was nominal, it didn't mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. At this stage, you now are borrowing money at real interest rates, so you have to think about every $10,000, what that monthly nut is on your mortgage, right? Most of you are on fixed income salaries, so you don't have that room. Let me give you an example. If you buy a house and your interest rate went from 3% to 6%, Right? This is what's called post-tax money. So for every dollar, you take home, say, 70 cents. Right? That's what you pay your mortgage with. It's post-tax. So you literally would need to double your income to justify the change in spread if your budget will be the same. Because if your mortgage goes from 2000 to 4000 that's an additional $24,000 a year. That additional $24,000 is post-tax. That means your income would have to go up roughly $40,000 a year for you to make that $24,000 difference. Right. So it's you're just gonna, your inventory will still be what it is. You're still just gonna see a major hold on people and calculating what their monthly, what they can afford. So your listing prices now, like I'm not listing low, I'm listing what I want because maybe I'll get even offered lower currently but maybe I'll get offered more. But I think that the bidding wars will maybe be a five, ten thousand dollars spread at best. It won't be a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. And it also depends yeah. on the market and where it is. But you, you also have yeah. you also have yeah. a lot of buyers. Everybody's looking at, you know, the big thing on the residential end, especially, is they're looking at the interest rates. Right now, mm -hmm. like my interest rate on my house is, you know, two point seven five, which wasn't even the bottom. It's a thirty year fix. I'm told my wife, we're never selling this house. That's an amazing <laughs> we're never gonna see a rate like that again. 
now it's easily double that. Mm -hmm. So like like Nima was saying, so you're seeing a lot of people coming into it and they're, you know, they're worried. Like what what do you do? Do you go and do you buy property, you know, buy your your or do you wait? Like especially investors are waiting. I have a lot of investors that are waiting right now and they're on hold because they're do, like well, Are they waiting cuz they just want to see what's going to happen or are they waiting cuz they think it's going to get better at some point or it's going to get worse and I don't know. Kind of all of the above. Okay. Cuz it's going to so they're waiting to see what's going to happen, see if the rate stabilizes and things like that, which they've already said that they're going to keep raising the rate. It's going to happen. Um, they're also waiting to see if the housing market catches up to interest rates cuz right now you still have relatively high housing prices and a high interest rate, which typically doesn't occur. But like Nima said, we also have high inflation and other sure. things that are factoring in. But then the other side of it, they're waiting to just see if the housing drops, if more comes on the market. They're, they're, like, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. So where, where do you see other multiple income stream opportunities? Well, so so when it comes, so you know when it comes like on the residential end, you know I my take is you have to kind of go after the market that you're in. We've been in a seller's market. I do generally represent more buyers than sellers. So I've done you know I've had a very successful few years, but I would have been much more successful had it been a buyer's market. So to me, I'm okay with it flipping. But you just have to go after what that market is calling for, and you have to adapt for that market. If you were in a buyer's market before, yeah, right. So let's let's look at it this way. So if you were in a seller's market and you were a, a listing agent, yeah, would you be changing your strategy to become a buyer's agent right now? You have to. Okay. So that well, no, you have to. You have to do both. Though you got to have a mix. You can't just do one or the other. Because if you just do one or the other, like there's always going to be a time when you want to represent a seller. There's always going to be a time when you want to represent a buyer. Sure, but where would you focus? Because again, you know, if you're if you're used to doing things the old way, now the recession's here. What are you going to do differently? See, like what's going to happen is you, you. I have a lot of buyers that were holding off. So now is my time to go back to. Well, once things change, go back to them and say, okay, now things were in a different market. Prices are lower. Things like that. Um, and now is my time to target those people, especially cash buyers that okay. don't care about the interest rates. If you have cash, yeah. it's awesome. Because once the interest rates go up and the housing prices drop, just snatch up every property you can and definitely, you know, just try to have reserves. So would you say then your new strategy would be going after cash buyers and then if you were a, a listing agent, you would start to focus more on the buying side? Yeah. Okay. Can I just say something though? I know for a fact that you 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 dabble, you've dabbled in commercial deals mm -hmm. before, right? And one smart thing that you did that you did, um, Omar, Omar Sharif, um, is Omar that one, you yeah. are with Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group, which allows you to do both residential and commercial, which yes. sort of builds in a little bit of recession proofness into the whole real estate agent equation. Correct. You shouldn't, but that's, that, that's exactly, that's a great point. And that's one of the great things is that, you know, like I have the ability, you know, I'm not like just doing one thing. If, if, if I come across a commercial opportunity or if I find that the commercial is doing better, you can kind of adapt based mm -hmm. on what works best. You're not you kind of in one. So diversification. So in your, in your marketing techniques, mm -hmm. you're going to focus more on the cash buyers, mm -hmm. but then you're also going to open yourself up to maybe doing more commercial if the residential market tanks. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think, Eric, to your point, there's more, more diversification in industry, right? Like getting an ancillary license in something like insurance, mm -hmm. because whether the market's up, down, whether you're recession or not recession, people every year need homeowners insurance. And actually, Omar, correct me if I'm wrong, but most people switch their homeowners insurance after a year or two, because that's usually when you get whacked and people just become on repeat. And you know, savvy investors will move policies around to keep their rates lower. Not at State Farm. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, no, not, not, not with me. <laughs> not with you, I'm saying in but general. In gen but in, in general, what happens is, um, <coughs> 
you know, people always are looking when when they're looking to cut costs. The one of the first places they actually look is their insurance policies, their car insurance, their homeowners insurance, because they're like, okay, am I am I overpaying for their insurance policy? So usually they'll they'll give us a call asking, hey, can you guys reduce my premium? I'm I'm paying too much for insurance. So you know, and and what is so I mean, okay, what does it take to get an insurance license? Like, what's the process? So there's um, there's a basically you do a course, right? You have to do a certain amount of hours of the course. It, you know, most most companies do a self study. So it's, it is, uh, or you can do it online. You yeah. can do self study online, online, and you can get that all at recareercenter.com. Yeah, no, and and, and and you know you go through the process of self studying. Um, you do the the hours. You do a certification, and then you take a state test with the Department of Insurance. Um, and then basically, once you pass the licenses, that's it. I mean, I have my my team. They usually get fully licensed, pass all their licenses in a month, and okay. then they're basically ready. Yeah, it's quick. So this could be a nice avenue for some real estate agents who are just getting into the game. Things are yeah. slowing down. They don't have the necessary knowledge to jump into commercial. Maybe it's still staying in the real estate industry, yep. but just having another means of making money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. And once, you know, depending on the company that you're with, you know, once you build up that client base, you know, you, you have a little bit of a residual income there. I mean, I know I know some some people not with State Farm because we're we're considered what's called captive agents. Um, if you are an independent agent, then what happens is you are able to build a book, still work with multiple insurance companies, mm -hmm. uh, do your real estate and what what. What I like about the insurance industry, it can kind of give you a little bit of insulation, right? So with, I know with real estate, it's you only get paid when you when sell, you close. right? When you unless close, you're an investor, unless you're an investor, and then, um, but with insurance, as long as you have your client base that you're always helping, you have that income stream always coming in, and then you know it's it kind of gives you a little bit of security, okay. so to speak. So you're diversifying by going out and buying investor properties. You're diversifying. You're looking for cash buyers, mm -hmm. and you may be looking at some commercial stuff. So, Omar, mm -hmm. our flipper. So let's say you were just a house flipper, and all yeah. you were doing was house flipping, but mm -hmm. you had that amazing talent of design and all that stuff. Sure. Would now be a good time to start thinking of becoming a contractor as well? Yeah. So, so I mean, the way I look at a recession is. Services are still needed. It's just the demand changes and shifts to different industry, different niches within real estate. So if you're good at flipping houses, there's no shortage of people who will start, who will still renovate their homes during the recession. And then not only that, but if you're into flipping houses, you have access to capital. Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect time to start raising more money, which is what we do at the Capital Group, because when a recession hits, investors look to real estate because that's when real estate prices come down. And not only that, but they look to get the money out of the stock market or crypto and put it into real estate for more secure returns. Okay. So well, recession, everyone wants it out of crypto. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. sent that meme where it was like crypto's dead and real estate is like, hi. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're waiting for the crypto bros to start right. short selling their properties. Right. Yeah. Right. So you're saying actually not only to, to expand and become a contractor for others, but you're actually saying to go out and maybe start looking to raise money. I think a recession is probably the best time to start raising money. Well, okay. Yeah. Funny well, what do you do with that? Um, well, boats boats. you balance the both between finding deals that are being discounted because okay. there's a recession and people who are looking to get secure returns from somebody who knows okay. what they're doing in real estate. So now you're going to take one of your focuses. That was already a focus, but mm -hmm. someone, let's say, who was just a, a real estate agent but has that expertise yeah. in flipping houses or has that expertise in real estate could now go out and start sourcing money. Mm -hmm. And t and getting it out of the stock market, which is what a lot of people may be doing at this time, yeah. And using that to create a whole nother business for themselves, yeah. 
Okay. Well, it's funny that I was listening to a loan officer of someone in banking the other day, and they were saying that the difference between the 2008 recession and this recession is that the 2008 recession was built a lot on collapsing credit, right? It was built on a lot of people it, defaulting. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the movie? Um, short. The Big Short. Yeah, The Big Short. Well, yeah. there's also another one, but yeah. Uh, so exactly, sorry, on your point, that's exactly, because that, that was like, like I don't want to say, they gave everybody with a pulse money at the time. Right. I am seeing houses under appraised. I am seeing people get denied. I'm seeing people have issues. Then they would say, oh, you want a three, I could have gotten any house I wanted at the time. Correct. And they would have just given it to me. Because but they didn't now, care. it's not based on that. So uh, banks and, and, and places where you would, you would acquire money, you would source the money, they're actually not stopping mm -hmm. giving out loans. So, so they're not, but a big part of it is adjustable rate mortgages. Mm -hmm. And when they're set to reset and interest rates has jumped up by three points, those people are gonna start losing their homes. Mm. So in addition to that, right, so it's, it's, it's completely different from 08. It's not comparable. Anyone yeah. who wants to compare 08 to now, that's like an entire podcast that we can just discuss. But that's what we've been alive for. Well, that's what I've been alive. Yeah, but that was just and, because and it was anyone, the last recession, anyone. but it wasn't it, uh, what Nima said. It's, it's, I'm not calling you old. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's not I'm the same situation we're in right now. Right now we're in a traditional just up and down cycle like you see in the stock market, in any market, if you follow it. Back then was due, I really do feel it was due just to just Stupidity. giving out bad loans. Mm -hmm. There's, so the whole issue was effectively, you can't sum up a weight. It involves subprime lending. Mm -hmm. It involved a lack of regulation on banks and Wall Street. I mean, it was a perfect storm in its own accord. We have a different perfect storm now. This is nothing like 08, only in the sense that the factors are different. The approval rate for mortgages are still different. So the people are more qualified. Those things don't change, right? Um, the valuation is not that big of an issue that everyone's making it out to be, or the appraisals, no offense, but I'm not looking at it from a real estate perspective, it's simple economics. If you're locked into a mortgage for the next five years, at, even at a minimum at an arm, most people have fixed, right? So those, those five-year arms are not really that prevalent anymore. If you're still in a fixed mortgage, you base it off of your current income, you'll be able to afford it in five years. The fact that your house goes up and down 100, 150,000 doesn't affect that because you got your mortgage based off of the otherwise ability to afford it, irrespective of the value of your house. So that fluctuation won't affect people. People. Whereas before, people got mortgages not based off of their ability to afford it, fake tax returns, a lot of other stuff. Well, that's because the market kept going up and people had no choice. No, it's because there was you no You want regulation. a house and the, the prices keep going up. What do you do? Back you then, buy it. You still buy it. You, you still have to buy it. No, well, back then, it, it, even if it kept going up, it didn't matter. You wouldn't qualify. So the people who were qualifying and getting mortgages did not have the financials to back it up. Whereas today, yeah. the banks require it. There's a substantial statistical difference in approvals, disapprovals, and equity. They say, statistically speaking, on average, people have at least $150,000 in equity in their home, right? Because of the larger down payment requirements, unless you're FHA or things like that. Most people now are 20% down. You just have a larger equity standard where before they were lending more. It, like You would need an entire economic lecture to explain 08. This is not 08. People who tell you it's 08, anyone who even talks about it, you should immediately be like, you are stupid and you're telling me <laughs> bullshit and just stop listening to them. Oh my God. Not you. I'm not saying you compared it. No, no, no. You're not comparing it. That's not what I'm saying. But I've seen. Well, just walks off. I know. I know. I'm not talking about her. I see people like they're having their own like like things on LinkedIn, and they're like comparing it to 08. Like you know, it's not. It's not. You're an idiot. Stop comparing it to 08. Right. Like there, of course, every 10 years, there's a change in a cyclical cycle of economics. You have to, if you want to do well 
Everyone will survive. No one's going to die. If you want to do well during a downturn, you have to just look to see what's causing the downturn and find a way to make money during that time. Great. Right? So yeah. give, us that, some, give us some other income because streams. We so we create, talked about we it. Doing ancillary things like insurance or buying stocks. I know the stock market's going down, but we had a financial advisor here, if you guys follow this podcast, who said certain stocks give out dividends, right? So you buy those stocks and you collect on the dividends, which gives you a certain rate of return, 6%, 7%, 8%. And you know you can go back and watch that earlier podcast. I think he actually listed certain stocks that are good investments to buy, which will give you a dividend on your investment and wait for the opportunity to buy a piece of real estate that comes around that's commercial for residual income. But look at different means of employment. Get an insurance license. You now know how it is. Or alternatively, what's some other licenses that you, you know? Get a mortgage that? license. Yeah, you can get a mortgage license. Get a mortgage license. If, well, if you if you disclose it, are you allowed to do your own insurance for a buyer of yours? So so basically, um, when well, at least with State Farm, we've actually partnered up uh, with uh, uh, with a few uh, other companies. We actually we we can do mortgages. Um, I just I'm, I haven't gotten my mortgage license yet, so I haven't. Oh, once doing we get that. mortgages, you'll get it with us. Yeah. <laughs> so recareercenter we'll, dot Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're you know we we've partnered up you know because State Farm as a as a company they're they're you know also trying to diversify right and they're you know linking up with uh, with uh, Rocket Mortgage to do mm-hmm. mortgages. We're we're linking up with Jackson for annuities. Like it's it's. So many different things, like even on the on the corporate level, they're they're trying to diversify their income because you just don't you just never know. See, I think you know, Omar. What were you saying about everyone being screwed if they haven't started? Yeah. So what I meant was um, no, no. I mean, just put it out there. But if the recession (laughs) hits and then you're asking, how do I create multiple sources of income now? You're too late. You're too late. But the recession hasn't quite hit yet, right? It's here. Yeah. So meaning it takes time to create multiple (laughs) sources of income. You can't just get into it. But better to know now and start. Agreed. And and game plan and figure out what you can do. So, you know, in terms of... But new and improved, Omar, is something that you can do, right? So I'll tell you a little bit. Yeah, but true. Getting your insurance license. I just caught them. (laughs) (laughs) Are are you going to move your business into that building? I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Oh, I thought you were going. I'm, no, I've, I've been thinking about it. Okay, but uh, actually, I spoke to my accountant yesterday, and she was giving me some recommendations. Uh, we definitely don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, you know, she she put she kind of like made me think about it, but you know, we'll see. But I, you know, I wanted to kind of you know to Omar's point of like, so it's funny because um, in 2008, 2009, that's when I was like around the time I was graduating college. So it was like, okay, the the recession happened. There was there was really not a lot of opportunity for you know a, a fresh college student. Like, well, at least they said that there wasn't a lot of opportunity. But no, without for, capital, there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You, if, you, if you had money at that time, you there built was institutional a, wealth. If you didn't have capital, the, your opportunities were limited. Yeah, yeah. You 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 really had no opportunities. But what happened what happened for me was that I started seeing that as like I actually bought a condo. Right, this was my first property. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, oh, buy, he bought I'm gonna buy. I bought a condo. I'm like, that's 21 so cute. Years. Out of all my friends, <laughs> I, I was the condo. only one with the condo. Did you have a dog? <laughs> no, no, no. I couldn't also afford a dog. Condo. <laughs> IKEA plant. But um, <laughs> what, well, what happened was we, uh, you know, that was around the time where like the whole opportunity where like um, I think they were giving uh, a, a, some kind of big tax credit. 
uh, for buying a property. So I, I got, I the got that too. Yeah, yeah, I got the tax credit. And so I was like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to get this tax credit. I'll buy the cheapest condo I could find. I mean, you know, it wasn't a good investment. It was I mean, buying it a good place. Some crack out of it. Now he's got a commercial building. <laughs> exactly. no, it, was, it was like eight thousand dollars credit. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not suggesting that crack no. is another multiple. <laughs> no, no, definitely. That's a declining industry according <laughs> yeah. to Netflix specials Everything I watch. Everything must be above board <laughs> in legal guys. So I think I think it's an it's an opportunity for for a lot of people to really see. You know, okay, if you're if you're kind of at the beginning of this and you're gonna see, okay, towards the end of the recession, you're gonna see opportunity, you know, and you're gonna be able to if you have time on your hand, you know, if you you're if you're let's say in your twenties, this is a, a, a great learning experience because yes. then ten years from now, you know that it, there's gonna be another recession coming mm -hmm. and you'll be prepared. So maybe you're not prepared right now, but you start the preparations now so that way when the next one comes which we know eventually it will happen again. Does yeah. anybody know how how long, I mean, I know 2008 was kind of an outlier because there was a lot of issues that occurred that caused the recession. How long it actually takes to recover? recover. Three years. Recover. Is it three years? It takes three years to your point, but depending on how severe it, it is. Three right? years for him on the toilet? <laughs> anyway. And, and reading, reading picture it's, books. It's where I hide from my kids, so yeah. So, if you, so, if, so right now you mentioned if you if you have cash, cash is king. So let's say you're it's not lucky. though. It's an inflation. You can't. You literally yeah, lose value. Yeah, no. When it, when I bought a thirteen dollars smoothie the other day. Please. No. When it comes taking to taking advantage of buying real estate, because we talked about the rising interest and we talked about how people are going to try to sell their homes and they're not going to sell. So if you have money right now. Would you be investing in real estate as another income stream? So this is why it's such a weird time, right? Usually, to Adam's point, you have a fluctuation. Mm -hmm. You have right now really kind of unprecedented where if you shore up your cash, like talking about me selling stuff, guess what? Your cash is worth less every day because inflation. As inflation rises, your value of your dollar is lost. And that's typically why during inflation, home prices don't drop. Right, because the value of the dollar adjusts, home prices actually rise. So, but you have this weird thing with interest rates to curb it. So, I think right now, don't hoard your cash and wait for buying opportunity because you don't know. We don't really know the effect. Move into a secondary source like commercial or multifamily. Take your cash right now and buy assets because assets fluctuate with inflation appropriately. Your house, if if inflation continues, your house price will actually rise. Less people will be able to buy it because of higher interest rates, but because of inflation, the value of your property will rise, right? It's not gonna nosedive. Oh wait, wasn't an inflation issue. You're protecting your, your net worth when you do stuff like your that. Your cash, this piece of dollar is backed by nothing. It is printed out. I know that. Out. It's not backed by gold anymore, is it? it hasn't been I mean, backed by gold by, in, in a long time back, now. It's backed but by the US I, government, I was, but yeah. It's backed by, yeah. no, it's, it's backed, backed by, by people believing that it's worth something. Plus the US military That's it. making you believe it. Do you, know, do, you, do you guys know the saying, it's not worth the paper it's printed on? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Where do you think it comes from, hmm. right? So the dollar is not worth the paper it's printed on during inflation. And we don't know. Inflation is not stopping anytime soon. Economists don't know. So don't guess. Buy assets. Don't think that, okay, well, this property's too high or I'll buy it cheaper. Guys, because guess what? If the property goes down $50,000, but your money is worth 30% less, 25% less, that 10% adjustment in the purchase price of that property doesn't offset the 25% loss in the value of your dollar. It Correct. doesn't. Uh. Take it. And to Eric's point, to Omar's point, invest it in a business, take your cash, rent a space, lock in your rent, create a new business for a secondary income market, 
contact your broker and say, listen, look, we all know that residential is going to have a hiccup because that's just, it's just a weird situation. We, that's, we can all agree on that. We don't know anything else. And if you listen to a bunch of economists, I read a really interesting statistic. Most economists are actually poor. If they're yeah. so good, at being, <laughs> if you're such a good at being an economist, figure out a way to make your own money. Right? Look at guys like Warren Buffett and what they're investing in. He completely adjusted Berkshire Hathaway's investments to go into certain product industries. Look at those investments. <laughs> There's, I don't know if I, mean, I took a screenshot, I'll send it over. So I look to see specifically what is the smartest guy in the world, in my opinion, financially, what is he doing? I mean, dude, his final dinner, he auctions for charity dinner with him. It's, th it's around like three point something million dollars and it's not even near ending because this is his last time he's doing it. Wow. So look what people like that do. Look at the people who have survived and created institutional wealth because clearly they're doing the right things and most of this information is publicly available. Go into buy assets, but buy commercial, buy multifamily, sign up for a school that has licensing, have that license in your back pocket. Get that's both. An asset, right? Diversify, Diversify. your yeah. mind, diversify, get your cash out of your account. It's not worth anything, it's paper. And if you are a real estate agent and you're in residential, mm -hmm. you need to go to Eric's world of commercial because you need to see what else is in we your industry. We love to industry. talk commercial. I mean, commercial yeah. has no, great opportunities. So you're, you're learning. Like I, I've seen throughout the course of this podcast how much you've learned about real estate and I'm residential. I'm a sponge. But you went through the experience. Right. She, but now, she took my but, class, too. <laughs> but imagine, commercial is an entirely new beast. So guys, if you don't, don't just say, I'm going to switch to commercial. Look at Not multiple. Not switch, but multiple. learn it's about it. Because horizon. if that opportunity exactly. comes, you want to be able to, and if, if you can't take the whole deal, to participate. Right, and if you're already in a space, so what I do is I'm already in the, the residential, not the residential, but I'm already in the real estate space. Uh -huh. So I don't go to the stock market like Nima may suggest. I go to other things that are in the space that I already understand, either education or residential or commercial or investing. I expand that horizon because that's where I can be an expert in and that's where I can learn and and get, I think, the best value for my efforts. So I think you should stay and, in your and, space. Well, well, that's a really important point. And the reason is, Eric is investing in himself. People who are already successful, they don't give their money to other people. They don't invest in other people because people, successful people, say, hey, I've gotten here, so I'm gonna trust my own judgment. If you lose your own money off a bad decision, you don't feel as bad as somebody else losing your money, right? That's so true. Eric is staying with his own space, and I would do the same. While I'm talking yeah. about dividends, that's only because I read and I watched sure. our prior podcast, I too, right, am gonna diversify in real estate. I'm getting out of my one families, I'm getting into commercial things, right? So. Stay in your own space, but find deviations of your space. Like Omar does insurance. That ties into real estate, yes, it does. right? So if you are a flipper, and maybe right now the opportunities aren't there for you, Omar talked about it. Go into commercial real, go into insurance. It's a, it's a class, it's not long. Make your money, pay your bills, build relationships for the next three years. All these people you're gonna meet working for somebody like Omar, think to yourself, let me network, let me design my new network so when I get back, into real estate flipping, I'll know 40 people who have multiple properties yeah. and say, hey, yeah. I'm Joe. I was your insurance agent. I'm you know, back in real estate flipping like now. I'd love to know if these properties I previously insured for you are for sale. Would you be interested in selling any of them? Or become a contractor and and take your flipping expertise and, and go out there and, and and do it for others. It's it's a great area. Yeah, but make sure you're licensed insured and make yes. sure you register with the state because it's consumer fraud if you're not a registered contractor. <laughs> but, very, very, very true. But I, I think it's but easier don't forget, to be an insurance agent 
changing than a contract. It is, but if you're already in the flipping space and you know what you're doing there, why not do it for others? I mean, people yeah. do that all the time. Another thing, though, I've seen an uptick in people contacting us to become teachers. And that's another thing. If you know what you're doing and you have a instructor's license or you just want to start putting courses out there, I think you can share the knowledge. Oh, no, I'll be saving that Indeed advertisement money. I see you. It's just another income stream. But if people are out there, you're still watching when subscribe. I always want you to subscribe. But tell us in the comments what you're doing to shore up yourself for we the reception. We want to hear about it. We want we to hear what know you're what doing. you're doing. And then we might, you know, talk about it on this podcast. Or we'll have up. a chat uh, in our in our comments about it. But also real estate and being a real estate agent is still an amazing opportunity to make money. You know, no one is saying stop doing your real estate agent. No one is saying don't become a real estate agent. We're just saying diversify. And you know, Adam, for instance, is extremely busy as a real estate agent. He yes. may not need to diversify. We're just coming here to give people different options of, of what you can and can't do. I think do. he was named the top agent in New Jersey or the top 1%. Burton County. He's a 1%er. He's, He's our 1%. <laughs> but. Oh, thank you. No, but uh, back to it. Just one other thing I want to mention is you, we keep talking recession, inflation, and things like that, and interest rates is, yes, housing prices are high, but we have been historically spoiled with really yeah. low interest rates over the last several years. Yeah. You go to anywhere else in the world, go to any other time period. Like we, you're, you're talking 10, 15, 20% interest 18%. Rates. I heard 18%. from someone like back My parents' the, first like, house was like 14, 15%. Yeah. So we've been really spoiled. So people are looking at, oh my God, it went from, from two and a half, which is really low mm -hmm. to 5%. And yes, to that's normal. Point, that's normal. To Nima's point earlier, yes, it does reduce your buying power. It will. But we're just going back to relatively normal times here. Like yeah. this is not, if you find like, okay, yes, like, like Nima said, like maybe... If you're looking for an investment or something like that, maybe go towards the multifamilies because if, if you can make it work now and you can make it work with the rents that you have, you have an asset, it's gonna hopefully increase with value as the inflation. Rents always go up, right? And the rents go up, yeah. you're covering Both your money and you're not losing money. Mm -hmm. Right now, your money in the bank's losing, what, 8.6%? Is that what they uh, just announced the other day? Mm -hmm. So as long as you're making money, you're not losing money in that sense. So Crystal did say that she's a notary and now she's going to be an agent. So she's adding to her Perfect. what she's already doing and she's yeah. adding to it. Right. So for instance, when there's title companies out there and uh, they're doing closings, they have people that go out and deliver documents and-, and um, The mobile notaries, right? Well, she, she's we talking about being gophers. a signing. I think she's talking about being a signing agent, which is where you go out as a title person. No, she's like a closer. Right? Yeah. So like she actually closer. goes there and closes. The like, she notarizes, has you sign the mortgage docs, all that. So she's and, closer. But that's a great example of staying in your industry. So but that's, diversifying. That pays she well. Said, yeah, she said you're right. It's still that, real estate. That pays well. And yeah. so she's going out there. She's learning more about real estate. She's getting great experience at closings. And that's going to shore her up for being a better real estate agent in the future. So and that's, build relationships. That's great. Yeah. And building relationships. You know, but I still think investing is the way to go. I think <laughs> you should not be afraid of of buying property i think um flipping properties is an amazing way to make money it's just knowing how to buy making sure that you're buying at the right price you know there's that old adage you make your money when you buy something i, I know you've heard that from me before i know you've heard that profit when you sell it yeah and you profit when you sell it so you know i still think that omar you can give us some more ideas like how does the wholesaling market mm -hmm. can you do anything there with yeah with the recession so i think um during the recession the way i look at it we have to keep the recession is really when the Federal Reserve stops lending money. That's that's like the definition of a recession. But what the, how that affects us is that people stop buying as much and the market changes. 
Um, so for real estate folks, that's the time where we could get into investments because property values get down. And um, it opens up short sales, pre-foreclosures, sheriff sales. And during the last recession, BPOs became a big source of income. What's for a BPO? Um, big banks were flooded with so many, broker's price opinion. Not too far off, but. So wait, wait, say that again. So I was BPO, like, no. <laughs> say that again. BPO stands for broker's price opinion. Okay. And, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I like her definition better. <laughs> I missed it. What was it? I don't, just. Just it, tell yeah. her. flushing. So, what happened in the last recession was banks were so flooded with properties that they couldn't hire appraisers to go out and pay $600 per property or $400, whatever it was to appraise each property. So they would send agents out to do a BPO <laughs> and do a quick appraisal, hmm. and they'd get paid anywhere from 100 to 150, and there were some agents making a few thousand In a commercial, week. I would get like $500 for one of those. Oh, would you? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. You know, it's funny, I Crystal, you're getting, I, I love that everyone is actually affecting people, because Crystal is on here, she's like, eventually she wants to do flipping and investing, but she's interested in insurance as well. So I feel like at least the conversation that we're having, at least for Crystal, is making her think of how she's going to shore up for the next, what you yeah. say, three years? For the next three years. We, we have a flipping class coming up if Crystal's interested. We do. The flipping <laughs> class is this weekend, um, recareercenter.com. Yeah. And again, if you practice what you preach, which I do, and I've always had multiple income streams, I've been doing it as soon as I matured in, in my real estate career, which was probably about 10 years ago. And if you plan that now, this is a good catalyst. You know, there is a recession, yeah. so you need to do that. But having multiple income streams, which I know Nima does, I know you do, mm -hmm. I know you do. Adam, I think you're still working on it. But having that multiple income stream via your investing, via your actual career or your job or whatever you're doing, that's a great practice for life. You don't have to save that just for a recession. This is just bringing up the, the, the kind of need for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys have definitely, I'm learning a lot by being here. Well, you, you know? told and me how inflation um, affects insurance. I thought that was yeah. Sort of interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, obviously, like, so what happens uh, with inflation is that as the cost of goods start going up, <coughs> what happens is insurance rates will start going up as well. Does that mean you make more money because they're going up? No or does comment. that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just saw Omar's hairline grow back. <laughs> yeah. just gained two inches on that scalp. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we have, I mean, what happens is we technically, we get a raise, but then we also get a little bit of a buzz cut, you know, as well. <laughs> uh, because what happens is, you know. As I heard Allstate doesn't buzz cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens is that uh, we get, we get, like, as the insurance cost goes up, Obviously, we get paid on a percentage, <coughs> so that goes up. But then we also lose customers, so it kind of like balances balances right. out, right? Because okay. we try to, you know, save people money where we can. But I'm I'm very um, anti-reducing coverages, you know, because a lot of people are like, "Oh, can you reduce my coverages so that way I can save no. money?" Stupidest that is, that decision yes, I agree. ever. Yeah. Not worth Take it. Take it from a lawyer. <laughs> Not You're worth such it. Such a little bit amount of money for such a huge. Yeah. Guys, when yeah. you get sued, like it, it is a lot. And you, people, if, if if your judgment is more than your insurance policy amount, they will go after what you own. Yeah. It is not a joke. Like for a couple dollars, Nima, like can you come speak to my customer? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, do a shit. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do a seminar I'm, for them. We we definitely need because to do. It, it is stupid. Like people think, dude, quit downgrade your car. 
right? Yeah. Don't go on vacation, but don't take away your insurance because yeah, that's your protection. coverage on everything. I have yeah. an umbrella yeah. policy. I have all the maximums that I can get. Literally, like if you, when, you know, when you change your liability limits, let's say, for example, from 500,000 to 100,000, you're probably saving like $30 a month. Wow. You know, like, like, not, get it. not anything significant, but you're cutting your coverages from 500,000 to 100. You're God. reducing $400,000. So are you saying that the clients out there don't, can't fathom that difference? And when even when it's explained, they don't are realize. Are we back to calling people some, stupid again? I'm no, asking. Yeah, no, no, what, what happens like, not is, my clients. What happens is that, you know, the way that um, most insurance companies in the, in the <laughs> industry market themselves is, Cheap, 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 cheap insurance, mm. cheap insurance. So what happens is that cheapens the value. So, um, you know, like a lot of companies, they're trying to make, you know, the customers like get insurance quick, save money, but it's in their best interest to give the customer the lowest amount of liability. Right. Because the lowest amount of liability is actually costing them, it's costing the mm. client more, but it's costing the insurance companies less. I have to say you are the reason why I have everything insured. Me. Yes, okay. the way you got the Phoenix, you know, you had this building, the building burnt down, and now Phoenix is going to rise up from the ashes. It's going to be a beautiful new building. But anyway, his tenants, a lot of your tenants, didn't Did not have, have renter's insurance. And in a blink of an eye, their whole world went away. Yeah. And you think, well, you know, my landlord must take care of that. No, it's on you. So and you I saw you them and it was heartbreaking. I could tell you, I could tell you what renter's insurance. So cheap. What, let me tell you what renter's insurance covers you. So first of all, most of the time, renter's insurance <laughs> is, is like 10 to $15 a month, right? Mm -hmm. So A, if you did have a fire, let's say you lost everything, they replace all your personal belongings pay for you to stay in a hotel and you know if you needed to for example so like you'll you they'll pay for you to stay in a hotel until you find a new place to live replace all your personal belongings and if there was any liability it also covers the liability for 10 to 15 dollars a month yeah why wouldn't you do how many people don't have renters insurance percentage wise your smoothie thinking? was that much Listen, I, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, my smoothie yeah. was that honest much. analysis if, if you're watching this podcast and you look down and you are making monthly payments on a newer iphone and you yep. are cutting back from things like your insurance, you played yourself. You are just yeah. an idiot consumer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we need like, to play yourself. You're not button. an idiot consumer. You're uneducated in yeah. that field. You didn't see what to... I saw, yeah. and it was heartbreaking. It so was you're, if you get that insurance on your iPhone, right, to replace your iPhone, it's like seven dollars a month, right? For like, if I you get the if you get the insurance, if, if you they get the honor the claim, right? I'm just saying, I may have a pending lawsuit against AT&T. If, AT fire, if you happen to, to lose your iPhone, right? Let's say in the fire, you lost your iPhone. We're gonna replace it, right? Minus your deductible, but. You know, you're only paying seven dollars a month for the, just to protect your. You iPhone. insure cell phones. Well, what happens is in the renters' policy. Talk about diversification. <laughs> so, um, just we're gonna Pick we're gonna so start wrapping yeah. up. But I just want to know how do you feel? How do you feel about? The next three to five years, what do you what are you going to be doing to like make sure that you are 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 done? What should other people be doing? Three to five years. How about next three months? Panic next, next three, three months. Sell as fast as possible and go rent and pay more. But for is rent. there anything to do in the next three months? There's tons of things to do. Look for opportunities. Educate yourself. Get other licenses. It's a great time to go back to yeah. school. Yeah. Um, it's a great time to start. It's a great time to start reading about what else in your real estate field. Can you do? Can you do mortgages? Can you do insurance? 
Um, can you become an appraiser? Can you do BPO letters? Can you become an investor? Can you be there like Chris so and be a notary options. too? Can you, right? can you be a notary? Can you be a signer? You know, yeah. can you go into commercial? A ton of great opportunities. Um, we actually have an amazing video which you need to check out. It's um, why do commercial? It's on our, our our channel, and that will give you a whole perspective of commercial real estate, and it will let you see where some of the extra opportunities are. So, any final comments? Yeah, final comments, guys. I think uh, recessions are a great time to make money. Agreed. Um, And a lot of people build their wealth in recessions, not during booms. There you go. I like that. Yeah. 100%. Do you have a statistic on that? G7. I wouldn't say statistic, but I'll tell you, everyone, everyone I know who's been in real estate for at least 10 years would agree that if they just did a few things differently 10 years ago, they'd be multimillionaires and retired today. You only know Eric In recessions. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I think that's that's that's, that's, that's words of wisdom right there. Just take advantage of the situation that that's happening. You know, just just work with what you have. Right, so things are going to change, and just adapt and change for what's going on right now in that current market. And just don't be you know you got to take risks, right? So don't be don't be afraid to take a risk when the market's down and we're in the middle of the recession. If you have some extra capital, you have some, and you want to invest, invest, take it, do it. You know it. You have a piece of property. You have something something tangible that is going to go back up in value at some point. You just got to be able to hold on to it. Omar. Um, you know, in come, going into the recession, do not reduce your insurance. Your insurance is literally <laughs> your risk management tool. You know, so, you know, we're talking about investment and, 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 you know, you're obviously there's a level of risk with all investments. So if you don't properly insure and protect your investment, then what are what are you doing? You know, not you know the recession. The recession, yes, can reduce your uh, your investment. But if you don't have it properly insured, a fire can take out your investment. That can happen anytime. True that. <laughs> so don't forget, if you visualize it, you can own it. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, it's YouTube, <laughs> YouTube Center for Real Estate Education. Wow, well, right? <laughs> what? And check out our videos. We have some amazing commercial videos out there that will help you just with diversification. And diversifying is the way to go. Yep. So check out our videos. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.